0: post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today this is eat sleep work repeat a weekly podcast on happiness and work culture Hello there. This is Eat Sleep Work with Pete. I'm Bruce Daisley. Thank you for listening. This is one of a series of short episodes, sort of Eat Sleep Shorts, I should call them. They're just short pieces of insight from leading thinkers on different areas. So that, as ever, the theme is about happiness at work and, and successful work cultures. So over the, the next few days, I'm just going to be dropping those and, and feel free to share them. You can always get a hold of us via our Twitter, which is if you search for Eat Sleep Work Repeat on Twitter. And as ever, my own LinkedIn is wide open and ready for exploitation. So today, Angela Duckworth is the author of Grit, one of the best-selling business books of 2016. The core pre- premise of Grit is like an evolved version of the Marshmallow Test. The Stanford Marshmallow Test was the work of Walter Mischel in the 1970s and the I guess the 280 character version of that is that a child was offered a choice between one small reward in this case a marshmallow right now or two marshmallows after a 15 minute wait and remarkably the ability to delay pleasure has turned out to be one of the best predictors of success not only in sweet hungry kids but in adults too and and grit looks at that grit looks at how some people are able to battle through adversity to achieve better results at the end. It's sort of like a fortitude of spirit really, the ability to persist with things and Angela in the book takes a look at people entering training for some of the the highest, most elite uh, military occupations in the US. There's almost no predictor of the people who drop out. They can have stellar academics, they can have great success in sporting areas, consistently hard workers drop out, but there's some tenacity, there's some characteristic in some of them that leads to them having what she says is grittiness. And Angela looks at sports teams, businesses, students. Really, this study of of grit tries to identify this quality, this persistence that seems to be the differentiator of our success in life. So, like I say, an evolved version of the marshmallow test. Now, a lot of us in our jobs find ourselves thinking that our situation is tough. It's been a grim year. We can't see a way out of it. We probably say to ourselves, if we could just get the people with a a resilient spirit, people who are going to be here for the the hard fight then we might have the only chance that we've got. And and what Angela asserts is that's grit. We're going to go on and discuss what to look for when you're hiring someone with grit. But to start I quiz, Angela, how can we build a team that's characterised by having grit?
1: I think I am asked more about grit at the cultural level, at the organisational level. Like what, what's a gritty team look like or what's a gritty company look like? And so much of what people are doing, you know, how gritty they are, how happy they are, I think really is about the the organization in which they're embedded. The thing that I study as a psychologist is the individual. So the individual outlier in success. But I think that if you extrapolate from the individual and say, well, what makes a person passionate that is deeply interested and curious about what they're doing and filled with purpose and meaning and then if you ask about individual perseverance you know individually practicing every day to do one thing better and being resilient in the face of adversity you can I think take that at the macro level and say well what would be a culture or or workplace that would support that and I think the um but I think the idea is, you know, are there structures in place? Are there incentives in place? Is there a language in place at the group level that encourages people to be interested in their work, um, to be connected, you know, to, to be persevering? Oftentimes, it's hard to tell the difference between cultures that seem to do it superficially. You know, They have the values on the wall, or you know, they have an annual meeting where they're supposed to be living their mission and purpose, and then cultures who are doing it authentically. If you spend any time with those places, it becomes more clear. But maybe more than advice from a psychologist, maybe it's more just executing, right? I mean, I think a lot of organizations know what they would like to be doing. The question is, are they executing it, you know, with that intentionality and with the discipline that it takes? There are also examples in some of us who have been lucky enough to have worked in an organization like this or at least visited one. But you know when the genie's in the bottle, right? I mean, there are examples of, of, of places where you go, I mean, For example, you know, in my book, of course, I talk about the Seattle Seahawks. There are lots of examples, I think, in the world, even if they're not the rule, maybe they are the exception. They just prove that it is possible. I, I think that what makes those places authentic is that there really is a commitment at the top but also pervasively, but I do think it starts at the top, uh, to, to make things real. And I I talk to leaders and coaches about, you know, how, how much do you have to feed the pump? You know, how much do you have to, like, think about is the mission really being lived on a day-to-day basis? I mean, is this truly a purpose-driven organization or do we just say that? You know, is that something you do at annual meetings? Like, do you have to do it twice a year? And, you know, without exception, they say you do it every day. You do it all day, every day. I I think it's the kind of work that's never done, uh, as in it's never finished. Um, And so really, I think if you have true committed leadership who says, like, when I wake up in the morning, I have to think about whether we're truly enacting purpose and mission. I think that's the difference between it being a stencil on the wall.
0: And the one of the things, sort of, throughout the book, whether it was the things that your dad used to say to you, or circumstance that other people have found themselves in, grit often appears to be sort of stimulated by the circumstance around us, and 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 by those things. So, if someone finds themselves in a situation where they don't have those exogenous elements that drove them to this gritty behavior. What could we all do as individuals to try and cultivate a bit of that?
1: You know, one of the things that I think we all have to just um, live with is that, you know, we may not be in the ideal circumstances. I mean, you know, even think about your genes, you know, some of us would like to have different families. There is a lot that we can't change and we can't control, but there's also a lot that we can, and I think one of the things that is under our control is our self-awareness. So I always feel like, you know, the first step for anybody to grow psychologically in grit or, you know, there are a lot of things that matter, that are not grit. I I study character more broadly. And of course, that includes being a grateful person, a generous person, a creative person, um, someone who's full of life, you know, a good sense of humor. For any of those things, I think if you do want to cultivate an aspect of you, and you feel like, well, you know, maybe circumstances aren't ideal, the one thing that's under your control is your awareness. I mean, I think you can read books and listen to podcasts and go to lectures is it a miracle no it's not a miracle but it's helpful and i think the first step to growth is having an idea of what it is that you are trying to be an idea of where you are now an idea of how people like you have gotten from where you are to where you want to be um not easy but it i think that growth is definitely doable and awareness is the first step
0: the the final thing i ask you is that it's really clear from the the questionnaire the 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 work that you've done that the the grit mentality disposition is something that can be measured and so would you advise firms to include that in a recruitment process even if it's not necessarily to eliminate uh, candidates but it's more to adapt the interview process
1: i do not recommend using my grit scale for recruitment for two reasons. One is the obvious reason, which that it's obviously fakeable, right? I mean, anybody could get a perfect score if they thought for it you know, two seconds about what the right answer is to I'm a hard worker or I finish whatever I begin. But there's a second reason. I think it's less obvious to those who are, you know, not psychologists who do measurement for living, and that is there's a tremendous amount of just noise in any measure. I mean, the the noise comes from many different places, so you can read a lot of boring papers about different kinds of noise. Uh, I mean, they're interesting to me, but probably boring to most people. And I think the bottom line is that you don't want to introduce into – the selection and hiring process something that is both fakeable and very noisy do I believe in grit do I try to hire for grit absolutely but I think it would be best done in other ways and my my I think strongest recommendation is that when you're looking for somebody who's gritty, you should be able to see that in something that they've done before. Now, it may be in the same domain, right? So if you're a chef hiring another chef, you can look at where they worked and how they worked and recommendations from the other kitchens and so forth. But oftentimes when you're hiring a young person for whom that might be their first job or maybe their second job, you don't have that kind of track record, but you can still see grit. I mean, people who are gritty oftentimes pursued a sport passionately, or I had a graduate student incredibly gritty, she had zero psychology experience, actually zero experience with science, but she had written a book, and she had also been a very serious piano player, and when I talked to her about the fact that she had finished the book, most people don't finish their book, they just start it, and uh, her piano practice and the way she did deliberate practice to improve, I knew that those would be transferable skills to this new domain, so if you are hiring for grit, don't give the grit scale, but look for objective evidence that that is a person who has pursued something with passion and perseverance at another time in their life
0: so that's it that was an eat sleep short look out for another one in the next couple of days all of the episodes are live on our website which is eatsleepworkrepeat.fm see you next time